Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Hello, Valley Point and friends. I want to thank all who helped lead us in worship today. Thank you so much for participating. I want you to meet me in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 12. 2 Timothy is a New Testament book written by the Apostle Paul to a young leader named Timothy. The best way to find 2 Timothy is to start in the back of the Bible. If you turn to the left and pass 11 books, most of which are very small, you will find 2 Timothy. Here's chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. This is a fascinating verse to me. This phrase, will suffer persecution, in the construction of the sentence, has the idea of to put to flight. So what Paul, the author of this letter to a young leader named Timothy, is saying, Timothy, as you seek to live out the story of Jesus, here's what's going to happen. Don't be surprised, Timothy, because you will suffer persecution. It's going to happen. You will be put to flight. Now, I will say that this is not my favorite verse in the Bible. It's not, not in any way. It does not make me feel warm and fuzzy. And I have never personally chosen this as a life verse. I don't think anyone else has either, so I'm certainly not alone. It's part of God's holy word, though, and demands our attention. And I think it echoes what Jesus said as recorded for us in John's gospel, chapter 15, verse 20. Here are the words of Jesus. Since they persecuted, and it's the same word, put to flight. So here's Jesus saying, since they put to flight me, since they persecuted me, well, naturally they will persecute, and it's the same word, they will put to flight you. Since they persecuted me, Jesus said, naturally, they will persecute you. Welcome to week number two of Befuddled. This theme is helping us think about foggy areas of life that don't always make sense, things that are confusing, things that make you wonder what is God doing here? And that brings us to the subject of pain and suffering and even persecution. Why does God allow that? Why doesn't he take care of all the things that I don't like? And if I walk through a period of pain, sickness, suffering, and 
persecution, where is God? Where is God? It's the problem of pain. Often people outside the church and in the church ask, why doesn't God take care of the bad stuff? Why doesn't he do that? I think sometimes followers of Jesus get befuddled when they experience pain and sickness and hurt because I thought coming to God would take care of that. Let me ask you this. Are you walking through some kind of pain right now? Do you feel befuddled? Maybe we can frame it this way. What kind of psalm are you? Psalms is an Old Testament book with 150 chapters. It is the longest book in the Bible. The psalms represent different cries to God. You should read it because there's a lot of emotion from real people. The 150 psalms we have in our Bible are basically of three types. I found this in a book written by Peter Enns. Three types of psalms. As you find yourself in a fog right now, which type of psalm are you? Here's type number one. Everything is fine. God is great. Stay the course. Stay the course. That's one type of psalm. Here's the second type. Things are terribly wrong, and I'm at the end of my rope, but thank you, Lord, for coming to my rescue. With the alternate ending, I know you'll come to my rescue soon. That's the second type of psalm. Here's the third type. Things are terribly wrong. I am at the end of my rope, and to make things worse, O Lord, you're nowhere to be found. Which psalm describes you? Everything is fine, stay the course. Or things are terribly wrong and I'm at the end of my rope, but thank you, Lord, for coming to my rescue. Or things are terribly wrong, I'm at the end of my rope, and Lord, you're nowhere to be found. Nowhere. Just an observation. I think we often find ourselves moving between the three types while hoping to get out from under the pain. Like, God, come on. Here's the reality for us. No one lives in the scripted places of perfection on easy street all of the time, right? That's not reality. Here's real life. Cancer. Financial loss. Broken relationships. Stressed marriages. Job stress or even loss, debt, kids who stray, systemic racism, pandemics, disagreements. And why do senseless and horrible things happen and why does it happen to good people? Think with me for a moment. God, he is loving and caring one moment. And then, mysteriously, he seems distant and uncaring the next moment. What is that? Befuddled, right? That's kind of confusing. And maybe this is how you feel today as you are watching this. Now, here's what I want to submit. What if the way forward 
is not to find the answer. What if? We love answers, don't we? I know I do. What's the answer? We like to get to that quickly because we love to know why. What if, though, the way forward is not to find the answer, but to continue in faith with childlike vulnerability? I think this is what God wants for us, which doesn't always feel great. It doesn't, because we like answers. So my question is, how can we move into that place? Well, here's our big idea for today, and I would encourage you to take some good notes, okay? Here's our big idea. Continue in faith with childlike vulnerability. I think the question becomes, how? How can you do that? Well, I want to encourage you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians is another New Testament book. If you are still in 2 Timothy, turn to the left and you'll pass 1 Timothy and then 2 Thessalonians and then 1 Thessalonians. Keep turning and you'll find Colossians and then the book after that is Philippians. These are all letters from the Apostle Paul. Philippians chapter 4. I taught on this pre-pandemic in a theme called An Unusual View of Life. That's actually what Philippians presents for us. That was before the pandemic, and then we started and still are living an unusual view of life, right? It's true. And now we're in a theme called Befuddled. Wow. It's all good, though, because we're moving forward in faith. Okay, Philippians chapter 4. See if you recognize this. Verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, here's what you should do. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Do those words sound familiar to you? These words help with the how. How can I continue in faith with childlike vulnerability? How does that actually happen? Well, author Timothy Keller describes this as the discipline of thanking and thinking. Thanking and thinking. Ready? Here's verse 6 again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him. There's our key word. Thank him for all he has done. Befuddled? 
Do you feel that way right now? Suffering in some way? Well, the encouragement here is to do something that may feel a bit counterintuitive, and that is to thank God for what he has done. Because sometimes that may be all we have. Do you remember talking about building a memorial, a cairn, back in White Napkin Sundays? Do you remember that conversation? Build it because that may be all we have in the fog to remind us of the provision of God. If you are experiencing pain and suffering right now, here's the challenge. Focus, okay? Focus. Do the hard work and look for God. And as the text tells us, thank him. That's the discipline of thanking. And then the discipline of thinking. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Here's what I want you to do. Fix your thoughts on what is true. And here comes a great list. So place your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The Apostle Paul here is explaining how to keep afloat in rough seas. Think on the right things. And it's all listed here. What is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. And Paul says, I'm going to add to that now. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. These are the right things. Oh, and verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. Now, if you'd like to highlight and underline in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline that phrase, then the God of peace will be with you. That word peace here has the idea of freedom from worry. (laughs) Doesn't that sound great? Keep putting into practice all of these things that you have learned and received from me, and then the God of peace, or the God who has the ability to free us from worry, he will be with you. Okay, let's get to some takeaways. Here's the first one. To the problem of pain, Christianity offers a person It's the person of Jesus who came and carried our sin. We have to remember that he understands Jesus. He understands and he knows and he sees. He sees me and he sees you. Let's remember that. And then here's the second takeaway. Why me or help me? Some questions we can ask when confronted with pain and suffering and when we find ourselves in the fog. Why me 
or help me. We have two paths when pain invades. Why me or help me? Back in January of this year, we walked through our church-wide theme called Life Verse, where we all choose a verse or two to use as an anchor for our souls. During that conversation, I had the chance to interview a gentleman named Sean. We had an amazing conversation, and if you were here, I'm sure you remember that because it impacted all of us. Sean, as a young teenager, experienced a swimming accident that left him paralyzed. And there was so much that he had to deal with in the fog of that storm. And Sean shared his life verse with us and then presented these two paths. When we experience pain and things that we don't like in life, we can ask, why me? Or help me. On that day, Sean gave us some incredible insights about how to approach suffering and pain. Let's watch this together. Here's Sean. Sean, I know in the process of this, you talk about two questions or or two flags. So when something that traumatic happens to you and it doesn't matter if it's that specific circumstances or anything that any of you are facing we all end up at what i call the proverbial crossroads and you look up at the crossroads and you see two signs pointing in opposite directions they're very similar in that the both signs are just two words both ending in the word me but their meanings couldn't be more different because one sign says, why me? Mm. And the other sign says, help me. Mm. What I do is encourage people to reject that why me path and embrace the help me path. And if I could just for a moment kind of give a a metaphoric expression to Mm. that, you can come to the crossroads and and if you're tempted by the the why me path, that's looking up into the heavens and shaking your fist and saying, why me? Mm. Versus looking at the help me path and dropping down to your knees and opening your arms wide and saying, help me. Mm. Sean, what would you say to the person who may be listening to this and right now they're on the why me path? a recent diagnosis or bad news or a loss of some kind, and they're just sitting in that, how can you encourage them? That's a great question. And first of all, I wouldn't beat yourself up if you're on the why me path, because it's very natural. Mm -hmm. So I'm not here to cast aspersions for people that are, are, are there, but I would encourage them to get off of that path. And for the, the reason being, is that you're not going to get a satisfactory answer. You're not really going to get an answer to the why me question. Mm -hmm. And so without an answer, you don't have hope. So no answer leads to no hope. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a downward spiral. You're, you know, as you continue down that path, you're not getting towards uh, a place of victory. You're not allowing God to 
flow through the Romans 831, you know, right. of, of who can be against me, you know, mm. not allowing him to be in the vanguard. You said to see God's hand, sometimes you have to look backwards. Yeah, I would say even often, mm. and maybe even more than sometimes. Mm. So to unpack that a little bit, God does not explain himself in the moment, typically. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there are times that he does, but in the, when you're going through the whirlwind or the, the trial, there's, it'd be easy if God would just audibly say to you, this is why I am putting you through this right, <laughs> right now. But how often is that case? You know, is that the case? If we did a show of hands, I doubt anybody would raise their hand. <laughs> To go along this help me path means embracing the things that I have, like my mind, versus dwelling on the things that I don't have, mm. like the ability to move. So when I look back, God led me to the right high school, the right college, the mm. right graduate school, the right um, workplace. and in all of these places, people have done things for me, oftentimes before I even asked mm. for them to be done. But you also talked about how important that is to extend that to people as well, because God certainly can help us, but he often uses those right around us. You mentioned at work, and I know you've had a wonderful support system with family and friends. So that help me is also for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not... It's not just a, a prayer relationship, which is critically important, but it's also turning to others and just saying, I'm at a loss right now. Can right. you come alongside me? Yeah. I, I, need to, I need to talk to you about something. And um, if, it, sometimes it can be people you barely know. Mm. Sometimes it can be uh, people that you've known all your life, fam family, deep friends. But I would encourage people not to keep it in, inside. Right. In a sentence or a few words, your hope for tomorrow. Your hope. Um, my hope for tomorrow essentially is that I can continue down this help me path. Mm. I can hope that my my life is a reflection of of God's light shining through me or bouncing off of me in such a way that when other people see it they say I can do that too mm. um, and it's not through my own strength mm. I'm not taking any credit here <laughs> I would be completely lost you know without I probably would be in a nursing home somewhere, you know, without the support of others around me. So um, my hope is that other people can see that if God is for us, that nothing can stand against us. That's right. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.